0: Welcome to the Powers That Be Daily, Puck's podcast focused on the intersection of Wall Street, Washington, Silicon Valley, and Hollywood, and the players who run it all. I'm Peter Hamby. It's Friday, April 8th, and today we are talking to Puck co-founder Matt Bellany about what else? Showbiz, baby. Matt tells us what went down in his interview with departing Warner Media CEO Jason Kilar, and whether the Academy will take more steps to punish Will Smith for the slap. And later, we'll hear from our fearless leader, John Kelly, to tell us what's going on in Puck world. We'll hear about all that and more on today's episode of Powers That Be. Are you tired of sleeping hotter than hell? I sure am. I sleep hot. There's something crucial about sleep that eludes us when we're too warm, too uncomfortable, and too caught in the web of our own thoughts to drift off. And while curiosity fuels our days, science tells us that cool sleep recharges our nights. That's where Chili Pad by Sleep Me comes in. Meet the bed cooling system that elevates the quality of human life through cool sleep. So trust me on this one, visit sleep.me slash powers to get your chili pad and save up to $315 with code powers. Happy Friday, everybody. I am joined today by my erstwhile colleague, Matt Bellany, our Hollywood savant. Matt, how you doing, man? Do you have your Coachella outfits for next weekend picked out?
1: I got my weekend outfit. The weekend is so much better than Kanye. I mean, got to admit that. And an added bonus, you know he's probably going to show up.
0: Wait, are you going?
1: No, I'm not. I oh, okay. I, I <laughs> Come on, are you kidding? I'm going. Unless a helicopter would pick me up fly me over there, drop me physically onto the the crowd area there, and then pick me up right after the show and take me home. I am not braving any of the nonsense that you have to do to go to Coachella.
0: Katie and I got tickets for Coachella in 2020 and have been waiting two years for this. So we are, we are doing it. We are doing it.
1: God bless you. More power to you.
0: So for everyone listening, the reason you haven't heard me and Matt bullshit about Topics like Kanye West for so long is Matt has a very good podcast over on the Ringer Network called The Town. You had Jason Keillor on, who recently said he was going to resign as CEO of Warner Media, and you talked about HBO Max and CNN Plus. What's your headline from that interview? Because I feel like if you listen to Puck and you read Puck, you care about Jason Keeler and Warner Media.
1: Yeah, Jason, who was gracious enough to do the interview, even though he was literally had one foot out the door, he's leaving the company. He was really a transformational figure there. A disruptor. He came in. He's only been there two years and one of which was, you know, height of the pandemic. But the mere fact that he sacrificed the 2021 movie slate, put it all on HBO Max to help build that service, say what you will about the money that they burned in doing that and putting all those movies and pissing off all of Hollywood. The HBO Max service is now competitive with the big boys. It's up there in the 70-ish million subscribers, and they are... In the same conversation with Disney+, Plus, not quite on the Netflix level, but it enabled them to play in that sandbox, so to speak. And it'll be interesting to see how the new regime at Discovery Warner Brothers, or Warner Brothers Discovery, I think they're calling it, how they are going to take that HBO Max product and try to supercharge it. And whether they'll be able to if they don't have first run movie theater quality movies on the service the same day they're in theaters. Did you ask him to name his favorite CNN Plus show? I didn't, but he did say that the plan for CNN Plus is ultimately to have it be a tile within HBO Max that will be, you know, accessible for an upcharge. And they will try to kind of quasi bundle it that way, which makes a lot more sense than trying to get people to subscribe to CNN Plus as an outside service. It'll essentially be the modern equivalent of when you called to order HBO and they said, oh, but if for $2 more, you can have Showtime. And a lot of people did that. I forgot about that. You're right. When you're going to sign up for HBO Max in the future, they'll say, hey,
0: how about CNN Plus for three bucks? And people might do that. They might. They might. I don't think that's a terrible strategy. Okay. So I want to ask you, Matt, about Will Smith. We haven't talked about this since it actually happened. We know he resigned from the Academy. And the Academy today, Friday, I believe, is meeting to discuss whether to do what with Will Smith. And also, sub-question, for people listening and for me, what is the Academy? (laughs) Like who makes up the Academy? (laughs)
1: All right. So there's this thing called
0: movies. No, no, come on, man. The
1: Academy has been around for 90 something years. It is an organization that was started by the original moguls in Hollywood to promote the industry and to create a kind of a arts organization around this nascent business of filmmaking. It has since become a quasi, I call it like the city council of Hollywood in the sense that it is a body that people look to to represent the industry, for better or worse. And the big thing they do every year is they put on the Oscars. And it's become one of the greatest promotional vehicles in the history of media. Because at one point, 40, 50 million people were watching the Oscars. Now, it's come way down this year's ceremony, even with the slap, got to about 15, 16 million, which is not very much compared to the heyday. But it's a lot better than the 10 million that watched last year. So it does mean something to be in the Academy, and people really want to be invited. It's all different branches across all the categories you see on the Oscars. Those represent branches of the Academy, and they have this 54-person board of governors, which is three people from each branch plus some at-large members that gathers to decide what to do for the Oscars and all their other things. And one of the things they have to decide now is what the hell to do with Will Smith. He completely embarrassed them. He brought shame on the Oscars and on the Academy in general. And, you know, they have to do something to send a message that this is not okay. So what are they going to do now that he has resigned from the group? They're probably going to ban him from future Oscars, which he could still attend even if he's not a member right now. And he can still be nominated for an Oscar and win even though you're not a member. They could take away his privileges for being nominated, which would be a big deal for this movie that he has coming out Mm -hmm. later this year called Emancipation, which had already been pegged as like an Oscar-style movie. And in the worst case, nuclear bomb scenario, they could ask for his Oscar back, the one that he just won. I don't think that's going to happen. That would open up some pretty... Yeah. significant Pandora's boxes that they don't want to open. I mean, Harvey Weinstein still has his Oscar, Roman Polanski, and they were not asked to give them back. And keep in mind, Roman Polanski fled the country when he was on trial for rape. And the Academy has not asked for his Oscar back. So I don't think Will Smith is going to have to give his Oscar back. And that gets to the larger question here, which is this kind of crisis of hypocrisy that Hollywood is dealing with right now, which is basically... You know, people saw what happened on that show and it only reinforced some of the moralism debates. And, you know, you think you're better than us. And how dare Hollywood people preach about these issues like violence or, you know, taking responsibility for your actions when literally we saw Will Smith smack a guy, then sit in the crowd for a half hour, then get up and give his speech, cry and everybody gave him a standing ovation. He went off to party at the Vanity Fair party. And only the next day
0: did people wake up and say, oh, wait a second, that was wrong. We we now condemn that. Another sort of conversation I'm seeing out there, this is also something I've talked to my friends about, something you see on Twitter, is has the backlash to Will Smith gone too far at this point? Like the dude didn't kill anybody. You know, sure, kick him out of the academy, but there are way worse things that public figures have done. Just feels like, okay, this happened, this sucks, maybe kick him out of the Academy, but like, I'm still going to go see a Will Smith movie if it's good. Well, that's the thing. That's the question that is up in the air right
1: now. It, the only thing he cares about is his career. doesn't care really about the Academy. It's not yeah. great to be kicked out or to have to resign, but are people going to pay their money to see a Will Smith movie? And if so, what kind of Will Smith movie? And if you are a company like Sony Pictures, which makes the bad boys movies, are you going to, budget $150 million betting on whether people are going to come back and see Will Smith in that kind of role. And my thinking right now is that you're not going to do that right now. Now, there is a path back, and I 100% agree with you that this is survivable. He can come back from this kind of a scandal, but it's going to take some savvy moves. The first one was resigning, I think, before he can be kicked out. He'll probably reemerge, whether it's an Oprah interview or some kind of a friendly venue to explain what happened and his thinking that night. He probably will make a donation to some anti-violence charity. He'll probably make appearances. Those are the kinds of things you do to kind of show that you're, quote, doing the work. And I think people will welcome him back at some Mm -hmm. point. I mean, look at Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise was unemployable in the mid-90s after the whole couch jumping episode. And he used the Mission Impossible franchise and got himself back. I mean, Mel Gibson had an anti-Semitic meltdown. And you know, he was a filmmaker and used those filmmaking skills to get himself back. He's not a movie star like he
0: once was, but he works. So there is a path back on that note. And this is imperfect science. I just went to Google trends and searched emancipation movie, uh, which is Will Smith's movie about a runaway slave that Antoine Fuqua made. It has a lot of Oscar buzz. You mentioned it after March 27th, search interest in that movie took off. (laughs) Uh, in the sense that no one knew really maybe what it was. And then now a lot of people know what it was. So we'll see if people actually follow up on that and go see it. It's on
1: Apple. So it'll be an Apple play. And, but then it's like, are they going to promote it? Because are they going to be seen as endorsing Will Smith if they promote it? And if he's not eligible for Oscars, does it become an awards movie for everybody else who's in the movie? You don't want them to suffer because of one guy being an asshole. So are they going to, you know, campaign the movie, regardless of Will Smith. And, you know, will there be a lot of looky-loos that tune in to watch the movie because of the scandal?
0: Maybe. Yeah, that's more what I'm thinking. Anyway, thanks, Matt. We'll see you next time. Good luck on the town. Please come back more often. We miss you. Anytime. Thanks. Quick math. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com powers that be, netsuite.com slash powers that be. That's netsuite.com slash powers that be. Welcome back, everyone. Now let's take a quick minute to check in with Puck founder, John Kelly, to see what's going on
2: in his world. Thanks, Peter. A couple stories on my mind that we're paying very close attention to here at puck the first is cnn plus which is though not the most lucrative element in the warner brother discovery portfolio probably the most fascinating chris licht is brand new in the job and it'll take him six to nine months if not more to really add his imprimatur to the brand but i'm incredibly focused on how he'll be able To gesture his most elite talent toward the streaming service to convince them, after all, that their future lies not on linear, but on moving their best work over to the paid product. I also tend to think that as consumers go from cable boxes to smart TVs, there will be a large reorientation. And many people will begin to access information through the apps on these new smart TVs. It'll be very similar to to the pivot from desktop to mobile that we all went through about 10 years ago. And CNN Plus, by being out early, has a great opportunity to capture a lot of mind and, and market share early on. But what will be key is for Licht, who made his bones as a TV programmer at Morning Joe and most recently Stephen Colbert, to really impress upon his most talented, most senior executives and, and and on-air creatives that the future is on streaming and that they should not be focused on paying attention to the Nielsen ratings and the overnights on broadcast. Similarly, I was tickled by a story, an insider, in which Dean Bekay, the soon to be outgoing executive editor of the New York Times, wrote a memo to his staff, politely asking them to, to get off Twitter. Now, during the the Trump years, Many New York Times reporters, as a matter of necessity, operated off of Twitter because they had to break news instantaneously. And, and the news cycle was was so voracious that there was hardly any other way to keep up to it. We don't live in that world anymore. The, the Biden era is a lot more staid and cautious. Yet the addiction to Twitter, for some, has remained. And, and of course, Twitter can be very toxic and dangerous for any journalist, as anyone who's ever been ratioed knows. And it's all a part of a piece of what Meredith Cope 11 has done in the last couple of years, which is transition the times from the Beating heart of democracy, which in many ways it still is, to a a multifaceted media and lifestyle company that's going to be more professionally managed. And in the same way that Netflix sees its subscriber growth impact how analysts view it on Wall Street, the Times is now gesturing towards its own Wall Street analysts that its subscriber growth is going to be the key metric for the business. And then lastly, Judge Kintanji Brown Jackson was just confirmed to the Supreme Court, which is wonderful news. But if you were paying even half attention, to the process, you would have thought that you were watching some sort of OnlyFans documentary. According to the Washington Post, the phrase child porn or pornography was mentioned 165 times. They're also, according to transcripts, and again, I'm getting this from the Post, 142 uses of sex or sexual abuse or sexual assault or sexual intercourse or sexual crimes, 15 utterances of pedophile, 13 of predators, 18 of prepubescent. What the fuck is going on here? It's absolutely outrageous. Well, what's going on here is that a number of The most august Republican senators seem to be making some sort of reference to child pornography as a way of gesturing towards QAnon conspiracy theorists who believe, and according to the Post, that pedophiles control government by portraying Jackson as an ally of monsters who sexually exploit children. This is wild, absurd, nonsensical stuff. This is obviously troubling and it's incredibly disgusting. But it suggests to me just how fragile the modern Republican Party is and how unbelievably ripe it is for disruption, not by another neo-Trump, I think that's the mistake that, that that many are making, but by someone who actually can find a way to ignore this fringe that really is sucking the brain trust of the party down the toilet with it. It'll be fascinating to see in the next five years if there can be a charismatic figure who can lurch the party away, because there is no doubt in my mind that the likes of, of Cruz and Holly and Cotton, and Graham don't want to be doing this. They just don't have the guts to stop. Peter, thanks so much. I'll talk to you on Monday. Thanks
0: so much for listening to another episode of The Powers That Be. As a reminder, The Powers That Be is the official podcast of Puck. We'd like to thank Ben Landy, Liz Goff, and Alex Bigler for their editorial and production guidance. If you like what you hear on this podcast, please share with a friend. It really helps us keep delivering the inside scoop that only Puck can offer. You can visit us at puck.news and on Twitter at pucknews. I'm Peter Hamby. See you next week. This has been a presentation of Cadence 13 Studios. Please listen, rate, review, and follow all episodes wherever you get your podcasts. The Powers That Be Daily is executive produced by John Kelly, co-founder of Puck, and Chris Corcoran, chief content officer and founding partner of Cadence 13.